Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh. So are we going to... Are we going to... I'm sorry. Are we going to do that interview on this show? <laughs> <laughs> this is the intro. This is the intro to the interview? Yeah, what you're saying right now. Okay. This is the intro to the whole show. Welcome to Horror Movie Talk, a professional podcast. Um, your panel of expert hosts each week are that guy, Dr. Bryce Hansen. He holds a PhD in spookology. And me, I'm Prof. David Day. Uh, I have you know a- what my favorite part of Horror Movie Talk is? What? Is that it exists. You know? It's a real thing? It's a real thing that exists in the world. I like that. I do like that, too. Yeah, no, actually, it gives me a lot of joy, you know, bringing this real thing to people. Uh Um, New theatrical releases always get priority, uh, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Got a great episode for you guys today, actually taking a little bit of a um, little bit of a detour uh, from our normal format. And uh, and we're going to be doing something super special and exciting today. Uh, today we will be talking about our top five horror movies from the 80s. Doing a little listicle for you guys. That's right. We heard your clamoring for listicles. You were like, listicles, listicles. And we were like, okay, fine, fine. I thought, I thought you said seven. You told me yeah, seven. Yeah, we, we could do seven. We could do five. You know, how about we do five with two runners up? Well, I got so many runners up, though. Okay, well, great. Then we got lots to talk about. Lots of time, no time, lots of things to talk about. Um, stay tuned later in this episode for Dylan Hellerman from the Hollywood Horror Museum. You're not going to want to miss this interview uh, where we talk about all things that are 
uh, archived in the Hollywood Horror Museum's vaults that you can go check out at a con near you, I think. Um, Hey, uh, if you guys want to check us out, though, you can hop on to our website. That's horrormovietalk.com. From there, you'll find, you know, uh, you'll find a bunch of links to all the stuff. All the If you want to follow us on YouTube, we are on YouTube uh, talking right now. It's pretty cool. Um, so, you know, check us out. And uh, big thanks to our latest patrons. We got Kelsey K. We got Edward H. We got Bradley. And we got Stephen S. Thank you guys so much for hopping on board being the wind beneath our wings, supporting our real endeavor to bring real things into the world. And, um, yeah, we, uh, we appreciate you later in this episode. Like I said, we got the, uh, we got the interview with Dylan Hillerman from the Hollywood horror museum. So stay tuned for that. Um, let's hop right into it. So the eighties, uh, widely, I mean, widely considered to be one of the very 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 most popular decades for horror and for good reason there was a lot of experimentation going on there was a lot of uh, a lot of weird baloney going on great practical effects all over the place um really like world class stories unfolding right next to total dumpster fires that go down in history as being some of the most camp uh, stuff in the entire world. I wish I had more room on this list of five so that I could put even more stuff in there. But, but alas, five is only five. Um, how much crossover do you think we're going to have on it? Very little. Really? Oh yeah. I don't think, I don't think you and I are going to have it. Maybe one, Mm. maybe two. Okay, cool. So eighties, big horror decade. Um, and it's, I think it's probably my favorite horror decade. And uh, what about you? Do you, would you happen to agree? Um, I don't know. I think, <clears throat> I mean, I'm thinking of like my top, top horror movies and they're either like in the sixties or seventies or they're in like the last 20 yeah. years. Yeah. I, I don't kinda... have as much nostalgia and like great feelings about the 80s i mean i've just just looking at my list like almost all of these i've watched like in adulthood like i didn't grow up with them but yeah lots of lots of great stuff yeah yeah i had a feeling that you weren't quite as nostalgic for the 80s as uh i was um but but here we are uh i'm forcing this upon you maybe we could uh maybe sometime later you could force something upon me um which is something millennials tend to do um and which we both definitely are uh so okay so i don't have mine in any particular order do you do you have an order to yours yeah i have it in order okay i this is it's it's just too hard for me to order them, so I'm gonna go out of order and just say these are all these are these are just my top five. Okay. Um, so let's start with you with your number five. What do you got? Okay, number five, I've got Hellraiser. I knew you were gonna have this on your list, and that uh, go on, go on. I mean, it's so. It's so unique 
and in terms of like what you associated with the 80s in terms of practical effects i think it's probably one of the best examples of how far you can go with the goopy <laughs> gooey effects um the story is is simple but disturbing and like it's got that real you know dark s&m undertone um and really feels uh like it could only exist in the 80s for some reason yeah it's an it it is a uniquely <clears throat> it's a a, a un, oh man now i'm spacing on on his name who who's the uh the director clive barker um it's a uniquely barker feeling that is super hyper present in uh, in hellraiser but is present throughout his movies um and uh and that that weird sexual ugh, where you just kind of like yeah i am horny but why I shouldn't be like, it's a, it's a weird sort of thing. And I think it's, um, I think it's, I mean, maybe one of the most solid entries in the uh, practical effects department, uh, that you can, you can point to. And like, I, like, I think it's pretty well agreed upon that it's a slasher, but it's definitely the headiest slasher there is. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I wouldn't classify it as a slasher. I mean, there's a lot of deaths in it, but it's not. I don't know. I almost feel like a slasher requires like the the uh, the villain to chase after people, and this is more of like a spider's web situation. But it well, I, yeah. I no. I I have I struggle with throwing it into the slasher pile as well, mainly because yeah, you're right. It doesn't quite feel like a slasher. It it seems to fit the bill of slasher in the fact that there is a notable bad guy who is, uh, science fictiony slash uh uh super supernatural, right? And he's he's iconic. He's there with Chucky and Jason and Freddy and Michael, and therefore, like, somehow he gets lumped into this slasher thing. And surely, late, later on in, this, in the series, they turn into slashers, but, um, yeah, the first one doesn't, doesn't quite feel uh, too, too slashery in its narrative. Like, it's not structured that way, is it? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, okay, so that's your number five. Okay, fabulous. I think uh I think to pair with that, I'm going to throw in uh my 1987 classic Evil Dead 2. Um this is uh this Evil Dead 2 might be the most important entry into mm, it's up there it's definitely up there in like the top three most important entries into like my formative uh horror watching like i saw evil dead like i just picked it up off the shelf in the in the in the vhs section and watched it you know as i don't know maybe a 12 year old and was just like this is so funny 
and so crazy and so exaggerated. You know, it's 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 like nothing I have ever seen before. And kind of to be fair, it's kind of like nothing I've ever seen since. Like it's been parodied, but only well by Sam Raimi again. You know, like the only person who can get this feel is uh, Mr. Raimi himself. And uh, I like this one more than the original. Uh, I like this one more than Army and uh, and the and the remake. This to me is the is Evil Dead. Um, I really really enjoy this. The practical effects, the fire hydrant of blood, the the, the when he shoots the wall and the hands running up the wall inside the wall, he shoots it and a little little driblet of blood comes down and then he's sitting there and he's like, and then the fire hydrant hits him. I was just like, there's nothing better than this in the whole world. This is the best. Okay. My number four is the flat. How do you feel about evil dead two? That's great. Mm. I mean, we, we did a review on it. Okay. Like, I can I mean it's it's not like it's not formative for me. Mm-hmm. Um it's fun. Um and like it's super influential. Um it's just like I think my scoring or my f- top ones were ones where I like I think about a lot and for some reason I just don't think about Evil Dead that much. You're just not terribly important to me. <laughs> Okay, well, let's continue with your list. All right, number four for me is The Fly, which we just recently reviewed. So the Jeff Goldblum, uh, David Cronenberg directed Fly. Um, Yeah, I think this one just stands out. Again, like in terms of like practical effects, it's one of the most impressive physical transformations. And... It's not <clears throat> it has the story behind it and the the character behind it to sell it, which I think is the most important part. I think a lot of these practical effects um, vehicles really just kind of depend on people going to see the you know see the practical effects and be impressed with them and be like, ah, oh, that's enough, you know. Like and and the story and the the characters kind of take the back seat, <clears throat> and this is just a really good example of that of the of the effects being sold by the situation and the the humanity within it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting with the fly. <clears throat> it's not exactly. Um boo scary you know it's not like scary it's horrifying it's a it's a dreadful concept come to life right um and it's like existential dread yes yes and uh and it's conceptually uh a very terrifying thought um and i mean i really enjoyed the 50s um, fly as well, which we reviewed on our uh, Patreon exclusive pretentious podcast over there. Um, that was a 
a formative one for me as a kid. And then to see it, the intensity of that cranked up to 11 uh, with this Jeff Goldblum version. Um, I remember when I finally did see it, um, you know, in my early teens or something like that, I was, I was just like, Oh shit, this is too much. Like it was just, it was, it just felt, uh, it just felt, uh, overwhelming. So yeah, definitely, definitely a, a, a solid one, not on my list. Surprising, right? Okay. So I think for that, I will pair, uh, I will pair The Shining uh, from 1980. Stanley Kubrick. This is, I mean, I watched this so many times as a kid because it did all my favorite things. It was, it built suspense throughout constantly. Um, It didn't really let it, let it go. It was just it was just like this dreadful build of suspense and you weren't sure where the danger was until Jack start. But what's, what's eating Jack, you know, like why, why is he doing the things he's doing? Um, and then that fucking flash scene of that naked old lady formative, like uh, the dog sucking the guy off in the room. I was like, what are they doing? What's what is going on in this house? And all that mystery and all the dry, like, still shots, zoom in, slow zooms, like, all of it informed me as to what good cinema was. Um, It informed my taste on kind of the behind the scenes uh, of what, you know, what is good editing look like? What is good um, camera work look like? I just, I, I, now I realize looking back that this informed my, how I, my taste in cinematography and, uh, and editing choices worked. Uh, I didn't know that at the time. I just thought this is a fucking super unique movie that's slow, but really intentional. Yeah, I mean, I've gone on record saying that I'm not a big fan of The Shining or, or Kubrick in, in particular, and I really want to like Kubrick. Like, I feel like I'm not, you know, a legit film nerd and until I can say that Kubrick is my favorite, um, and he's just not at all. Um, and my, my beef with him is <clears throat> his films just lack humanity. Like, he's it's like he, he's so particular to get the the perfect shot and the perfect visuals that and like he does like a billion takes where it sucks the life out of the actors <laughs> and you can see it in his movies like and the exception is like people that um can overcome it or are broken down in a way that Kubrick wants to be broken down so th- this is one of the examples where that actually works because I think Jack Nicholson, he loves acting, and he'll just bring it every single time. And Shelley Duvall was just, like, basically abused it to to the point where she gave a super believable performance as a, an abused woman, <laughs> you know? And, um, like, I'll, any Kubrick stuff, I'll, I will readily admit, it's beautiful, um, 
it's like edited excellently um but it lacks the thing i care about most which is like humanity in the characters and knowing what's going on (laughs) and why people are doing the things that they're doing um hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I, I can appreciate The Shining, but I don't like it in particular. Especially after reading the book and, like, actually understanding, like, oh, this is what's going on. And then you watch the movie, you're like, okay, well, no one's going to catch what this is about at all. Like, the the entire purpose of this story is about alcoholism. I like that part of it. I like that. <laughs> I, I really, like, and it informed uh, other movies that I con- that I came to just love to death, right? So, like, The Killing of a Sacred Deer feels to me like a spiritual kind of shining like uh the cinematography wise and like story wise and like and like acting wise like they sucked all the life out of uh out of these out of these people um before that before the acting started you know before yeah it just feels cold and clinical and not like like they're not real people i love it that's, right. I mean I like that too in certain circumstances but like in the in the in terms of like Lanthimos pictures it's it usually has a super super simple and like thought experiment plot where that is that is the the feature that you're watching and then you're putting in like basically the characters are the machine of how this is going to play out and you're just watching this machine happen. And I could see like that's how Kubrick's movies could be described, but Kubrick like he's dealing with more complicated plots and and ideas and it just doesn't come through at all. They're not like thought experiments. It's like well, why is Jack going insane? Just don't worry about it. He just is. Or like uh what is the deal with the uh with the big black box in 2001 and what what's the ending about uh well you just got to read about it later and then you'll was that racist (laughs) yes so anyways i'll i'll take on all the uh kubrick haters okay what's uh what's your number three so number three is probably going to be the more controversial one because it doesn't it doesn't meet my criteria for uh, classifying horror movies, which is if it includes horror in the categorization mm. on like IMDb or whatever, but I don't care. Interesting. I'm going to lump it in because this is one of the best movies of all time. Uh, number three for me is Ghostbusters. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, it's it's no, classified look. as as a uh, like Comedy. action fantasy or 
or like comedy fantasy, which is like okay, it's dealing with ghosts. Yes, like I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to say this is a horror comedy. Horror adjacent is hor- is can be horror. That's the beautiful part about horror is you can loop in all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. But Ghostbusters just stands alone as like this weird <laughs> amalgamation of all the creators and everything not fitting together well, but in the end making a perfect product, which is like... Dan Aykroyd is kind of insane. Uh, he believes this stuff yeah. um, around paranormal stuff, and like his in real life is what you're in saying. real life. Yeah. yeah, like he's like, and so his obsession with paranormal stuff feeds into the you know the authenticity of of the script. And um, don't try to distract me with tits. I'm sorry. Um, They're distracting over there. <laughs> And then, you know, Bill Murray is probably struggling to want to be there at all times. Yeah. But he's a comedic genius. And, I mean, Dan Aykroyd is also a comedic genius. And, like, everyone there, uh, Harold Ramey, also yeah, fantastic. And then you have the director. Who's the director? Oh, so you're not going to mention. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. Well... Yeah, Ernie Ernie Hudson is like the perfect foil. Like he's he's like the 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 outside perspective that that sells it. Ivan Reitman was the the director, and like just hearing about the kind of the creative differences and the clashes, and then it comes out with like just every good part of all these talented people shines through, and. Um, I don't know. And, and it's one of those that you can show to anyone and everyone will appreciate. Um, so, yeah, I love I love Ghostbusters. No, this is a fabulous choice. And I don't think I don't think anyone will will come at you over this. Like, um, I, I'm curious, uh, how does Ghostbusters 2 hit you? I have a lot of nostalgia for Ghostbusters 2. I think I saw it in the theater, actually. Secret um, of the ooze, baby. I, I remember it and like seeing it now with like especially after I watched like kind of commentary about it, you realize like, oh, this is actually kind of a a uh a hot mess, especially compared to the original. How but dare you. It's still good, you yeah. know. It's all right. It's Bill fun. Murray is the funniest part of it is now is seeing Bill Murray like phone it in from across the country, basically. He's just like He's like everyone's in their Ghostbusters uniform, and Bill Murray's like just in a suit and tie. He's like, eh, whatever. The uh, <laughs> I'll show up to set today. The best, uh, the best uh, parallel I can draw is, um, you know, we mentioned Hellraiser before, and then Hellraiser Two. <laughs> it's like, wow, <laughs> it's uh, very, very similar. It's like, let's do all that again, but insane right. this time, <laughs> like. It's like you thought it was crazy before. Now it's crazy. It's like whoa. Yeah, no. Um, I really like the villain in, in Ghostbusters too. The uh, the Vigo, the Conqueror. And oh then yeah. His like his what's his name? I can't remember that actor's name, but he was in Ally McBeal and a lot of other stuff as a character actor. He's he's great in everything. Oh okay. Um, 
I'll look them up. Anyways, go. What what's your uh, Yeah, I'm going to pair this with a 1988 movie that we reviewed over on the pretentious only platform on Patreon. It's one of the most haunting movies I've ever seen. I talk about it all the time. It's The Vanishing. Uh, I believe it's a Dutch movie it might also be maybe french like there's a couple different countries coming together to pull this one off and um i'll say like i didn't know it existed before i watched it um and it led to me realizing that uh i don't know that the scariest thing is the stuff inside people you know like it so terrified me in like it, it, and it held off for so long. It was just such an enthralling story of a woman gone missing um, and her husband trying to find her. And um, and man, the, um, the all the feelings are just right for this one. Like I, there was so many uh, great pieces of little cinematography thrown in um and uh symbolism that uh that that makes its way in there and in you know it's not super subtle um but it's also not uh untasteful it's just a well-made and impressively interesting and scary movie uh it will live in my mind forever and i will watch it again like i i'm excited to watch this again how how, how do you feel about the vanishing yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that that was in the. For some reason, I thought that was in the seventies. Um, but yeah, it's eighty eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that would have been on my list too. Um, that just, was what just one where I. That was one where I figured we'd cross over, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a f- fantastic movie. Um, I don't think. I mean, I appreciate how how good it is, but it's not one that sticks with me. You know, it's so strange to see. Like what sticks with you? What's like the ones that like you think about a lot? And um, to me, I can it feels like there's no rhyme or reason with with what sticks with me and what doesn't. You know. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic one. Yeah, I, definitely worth the price for uh, Patreon if you want to hear our review about that one, or you know, just go watch it. It's a good movie. Yeah, and you know. Now, don't get this uh, don't get this twisted because uh, very specifically, I'm talking about the 1988 film The Vanishing. It was remade as an American film starring Jeff Bridges, Sandra Bullock, Kiefer Sutherland um, in 93. So five years later, and it's a hot fucking mess. It's not good. It's a Hollywood version and it's bad. Um, so don't watch the Jeff Bridges, Sandra Bullock one. Watch the 1988 one if you're going to, if, you know, if you like the way this sounds to you. What's your number two, buddy? Number two is uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Ah. It's just, it warms the cockles of my heart. Yeah. Just every time around Christmas time I think about it, I'm like, that's such a great movie. And... It's the, for me, the best example of, like, the kitschy, like, over-the-top, um, just fun 
slashers. Like that's like close close to it would be like Sleepaway Camp, but I love this one so much just because it plays all the notes of like what you want to hit with that type of slasher, which is like weird sex stuff, childhood trauma, <laughs> like uh, deranged psychopath, and like uh, a lot of like a very simple story of uh you know of kind of feeling sorry for <laughs> the protagonist he's he's kind of a victim to his upbringing um but also he's definitely a, a deranged murderer and uh, i don't know it's it checks all the boxes for me and and i haven't had as much fun with this type of movie um ever again this is like a this is a whole separate genre and I'm not even like saying slashers but like this kind of kitschy over the top like that can only exist kind of in the 80s is like really great. So like Sleepaway Camp, Chopping Mall, like much lower quality but still kind of like this is so much dumb fun. Like how can you not love it? Even though like on the surface it's terrible. Yeah. Like, you know, we say, you know, you say slashers, and this is, I mean, it's definitely a slasher, but it's also, there's some weird checkbox that it hits where it takes itself so seriously. Right, yeah. That, like, it it, it, it somehow works in, in favor of it being more goofy, but it, but... Like, if you were to show this... Okay, here's the good example. Here's the best way to explain what I'm trying to get across. If you were to show Nightmare on Elm Street to my mom, a classic Uh slasher, or Halloween to my mom, a classic slasher, she would go, oh, yeah, this is a a horror movie. This is what I think of when I think of a horror movie. And then if you were to show Silent Night, Deadly Night to my mom, she'd be like, this is... This is perverse and distasteful. You know, she'd be like fucking shocked at like taking a little kid's <laughs> hero and making him a person, you know, like uh-huh. it's like it just crosses a boundary that uh, that a, that a run of the that a, that a run of the mill s- slasher just won't. I mean, kind of nightmare on Elm Street. He's a right but but they never quite get there they just kind of uh-huh. like hint at yeah. it because it's like you know it's like new line cinema or whatever they're like we can't really say it we can allude to it uh-huh. so, somehow so, and by the way this is a, gr- a great comparison nightmare on elm street and silent night deadly night came out the same week silent night beat the ever-loving fuck out of it uh during that first week and then it got pulled from theaters like a week it or got two canceled in. yeah it got canceled in like By 1984 right um, yeah, I mean, this is this is also kind of a <laughs> kind of the perfect example of what it is to be a horror fan, mm-hmm. um, because it, like your example of showing it to your to your mom, I had that happen with my wife. Like I've been trying to get Aaron to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night with me for a long time, and I finally got her to sit down begrudgingly, very begrudgingly this last christmas and start watching it 
and she got about 20 minutes in and she, just like she's so she was so uncomfortable and like she looked at me so many times was like you like that like I, you fucking you like this because it's like just starts out with santa and uh santa a kid's mother and killing their his parents which is like it's and I'm just and I'm just chuckling the whole time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, between, isn't this great? <laughs> between him being like a by the kid, like being accosted by his grandfather, and I'm just like, <laughs> and, and Aaron's like, this is like disturbing. Like I feel bad for that kid. I was like, well, buckle up, because. <laughs> And she's like, and and then it gets into like the him being older and like seeing the the sex and like all the shame around yeah. the convent and whatnot. And so it just got to the point where Aaron was like, I I just don't I don't want this in my soul. I don't like it. Like it's, uh, and I felt judged. Uh. And I'm like, you just don't appreciate it on as many levels as I do. <laughs> You're like, you fucking bitch. And then, yeah. So we had to abort, and I, I felt bad. But it's it's one of those things where that's why you need a horror community because, you know, sometimes wives just don't understand. They don't sometimes understand. Sometimes husbands don't understand the dude. They don't understand the value of of as entertainment. You know. I've said it a lot before. I just don't, you just don't see the words coming out of Bryce's mouth until they get out. And then it's like, you see your imminent cancellation, um, just coming down the tracks at you, hit you like a freight train. Um, no, I want to say this. Um, yeah, no, like husbands, wives, uh, that don't get it. Yeah, we hear you, but I will say like, in terms of like, so for some reason, this made me think of like ride or die, right? Which is, uh, in terms of our fans, the ones who are ride or die, um, you know, we have a, a, a healthy majority of, of, uh, of male fans. But I will say that the ones who, like, really show up and show out with supporting the show are females. So, uh, like, a, a good portion of our Patreon is made up of, of you know, women that are just the, the arguably bigger horror fans than uh than any any of the guys we got so it is interesting how how uh horror hits males and females differently i'm gonna pair with your number two silent night deadly night i'm going to pair beetlejuice Mm. 1988 um beetlejuice is yeah i mean carrie when i when i told her my list she's like oh beetlejuice isn't horror i was like okay uh i feel like some people might try and gatekeep that one a little bit the way you were talking about with ghostbusters um but he's the ghost with the most he's a ghost he haunts the house it's yeah it's horror comedy but it is horror um it's not terribly scary but it's the amount of talent going on in beetlejuice is off the charts um, the, uh, M- Michael Keaton is my favorite character of all. T- we still haven't reviewed Beetlejuice, by the way. I 
I I love Beetlejuice as a as a as a character. He's the best, and I'm so glad that it's never been remade or had a sequel or anything like that. Uh, Winona Ryder was my biggest crush um, for for my early years. I love her. I love her in this movie. She built the goth bitch um, vibe into my head of like... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I like these kind of girls. Uh, they gotta have, They gotta be brunette. They gotta be fair. Uh, they gotta be dark. You know. Uh, and um, look, Gina Davis is in it. I mean, Alec Baldwin. Young Alec Baldwin is. It's hard to tell he's even Alec Baldwin in this. It's it's so crazy. Oh, there she is, my princess. I love her. Catherine O'Hara, uh, Jeffrey Jones, like the cast is perfect. The way everything plays out is perfect. I still watch it and laugh every time. Whoa, sandworms. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Me crazy. too. Come on. What do you got to do here? What's crazy is Michael, Michael Keaton's screen time in that movie is like 11 minutes. Are you serious? It's yeah. the heaviest hitting seven minutes 11 minutes uh, all right uh, it's perfect uh, like, like the, the movie is named after his character and his character's only in it for like minutes you know it's crazy and <laughs> it's it still works it's not like it no, doesn't yeah, have I mean, enough star is... power outside of him though yeah i mean it's definitely that the cast was fantastic but also i it's it's one of those things where it's the pinnacle of Tim uh, uh, Burton. Yeah. Where it's like, this is what he could do. Right. You know, it's so particular. And there was like a sweet spot where he just really was firing on all cylinders. And then the 90s and the 2000s happened. You're like, oh, I miss, I miss Burton of the 80s, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland. And it's like, <laughs> dude, you did fucking Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. Right. Like, whatever. What are you doing? Yeah, Beetlejuice is like also very, very uh, much of its time, too. That could only exist in the 80s. Um, That's true. Super influential, too. Like, I mean, they, they still, they just ended their run of the Beetlejuice musical, and they're going to be, like, touring. So there's, like, it's still in the zeitgeist. It's a very impactful movie. Yeah, it's 
I mean, I, I, it's hilarious. Like, and it turned me on to like the dance scene where they're all dancing around the shrimp cocktails, fucking the most fun like you could ever have. Like, it's just pure entertainment. It's so alive. And then the, the, the concept of the underworld, it's just a big fucking waiting room where you're just like, you're just sitting there with a fucking ticket that says like 10 million. And you got a guy next to you that has like two and you're like, like that concept, all these concepts are brilliant and comedic and hilarious and timed just right. And kind of like for a little kid, pretty horrifying. Like, you know, you got the guy showing him who's been flattened by like a truck and he's like hung up on, on uh, clothes pins and, uh, and he's, and he, and they got a track built just for him to show you through the back room of, uh, of what, what do you call it? What's that thing? Uh, um, it's not quite hell it's purgatory. That's, I think it's just the waiting room. So, yeah. And I mean, that's the other thing is like, 50% or more of what makes the movie works is the production design and the creative vision of, of Tim Burton. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that's like, in these 80s movies where he was really, you know, expressing all of the goth thoughts that he's always wanted to express since high school. Right. He really did it perfectly. And then later he was like, adapting other material and using that aesthetic and it just doesn't work as well as like in this weird world that he creates himself yeah but you know there you go there it is beetlejuice that's my number two what's uh what's your number one there buddy number one for me which just falls in all the things i like about um the genre like the 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 best or my favorite, like, subgenres. So interested to hear what this might be. Is Poltergeist. Mm. Poltergeist is my number one favorite. I really like general audience movies, you know, that are really successful. And, like, Poltergeist is one of those where, you know, I don't have to feel judged by my wife. <laughs> doesn't in, It doesn't involve Santa. Um, just involves uh abducting a little girl into the ether right um possibly never to return you know right. stuff that everyone can get behind everybody can get behind that um but yeah like the family focused like the storyline around like a a normal family uh slice of life experiencing something weird and unexplainable and like being a victim to it and trying to overcome it is it just works for me so i mean like and it's pretty consistent you know poltergeist i love paranormal activity movies for that reason um you know a lot of haunting movies around families experiencing the paranormal and whatnot and i think poltergeist is probably still you know arguably the best that that's ever done it yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, look, it is a world class, especially for its time. Wasn't it the early 80s? What year was it? Yeah, because I think the sequels came out in the 80s, too. Yeah, Poltergeist. 1982. 
Um, and of course, it's got some spooky shit, uh, you know, surrounding it. Heather O'Rourke, the little girl, dies following the uh, the filming of this. Um, yeah. It's got like you know the iconic Zelda Rubenstein Steen Steen. Anyway, mm-hmm. this house is clear. Yeah, I mean. It's a great movie in its own respect. Uh, there are parts of it that niggle at me. Um, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of it, it. It feels a little all over the place. It's got like three false endings. Um, it did feel like uh, like it, it, for me. Uh, it did feel like it could have been uh, could have been about 20 minutes shorter and it would would have suffered none at all. But there are some. J- Again, this is like like the feeling I get when I watch uh, Beetlejuice. You know, it's got some scenes that are just fucking fabulously fun, um, that just make you forget you're watching a movie and right. make you feel like you're in the room doing this this fuck like putting a little girl in a chair and watching her go across the floor and being like, "Just see that? You see that fucking shit? Isn't that fucking amazing?" And then. And then, boom, you cut into a steak and it's got an eyeball in it or something like that. It's like, oh, like, it's just got some moments that make you forget that you are watching a movie and instead it makes you feel like you're part of the movie. And uh, it's yeah. definitely iconic in that regard in my head. And kind of honestly underappreciated for the practical effects. Like, this is another great example of 80s practical effects that mm-hmm. just, I mean,. Yeah, I mean, this is, isn't even the best example of it, but this and like some of the the one off moments in it that that depend on practical effects are just really impressive. Um, impressive in that, but also conceptually fucked up, right? Like, right. It's hard it like to explain. Snake crawling across the room or whatever, like the right. I want to see shit. I want to see shit that I didn't know I wanted to see. <laughs> right. You know. If you show me a fucking ghost that's just a sheet over a person, I'm like, yeah, of course. But if you show me a fucking weird, like, dog with long-ass legs that go way up above its head, I'm like, god damn, what is that? You know, like, it's got that factor of, like, of a fantasy novel cover, you know, where you're like, ooh, what's in this? This book has a man made out of pins and needles. You're like, I've never thought of that before. Yeah, it's, um... It's a great that's that's a good number one. It's definitely I I should have thought of that for your number one. It's that is that is definitely your taste a hundred percent. Um my number one, can you guess it? Uh the thing. Yes. My number one is also a nineteen eighty two movie, The Thing. The better of the two. Poltergeist versus the thing. The thing is just such a, a fabulous movie, but um uh, but for, and, and for all the eighties movie reasons, right. Um, the setting is stark and, and strange. The, um, the concept is a, is a shifting, uh, entity that can, that can reorganize itself biologically to look like your best friend or a dog or who knows what you never know what you're going against. Um, but, uh, but most of all, you got Kurt Russell in 1982 with that fucking oh man, what a what a goddamn dreamboat, right? 
oh man, you just he's got that long hair that I've been trying to get ever since. He's got that big full beard. He's got that fucking flamethrower. Like, oof. it's chilly outside, baby. You better snuggle up, you know? Um, yeah, the practical effects in this thing. I remember watching this and just being like, oh, no. Like, just the the melting of bodies, the whipping of the little cords uh, with blood sp- spraying out of them. Like little eye stalks and the and the fucking spider thing that's just like across the floor and you're like, like it's but but on top of all of it, it's this primo mystery where you're like, what is who who wins? What is happening? Does it will will the earth be all right? Like it's got this overarching like it brings it does this thing that I love so much that they just. The 80s did it the best where you got like a shot of the earth with the spacecraft and that's all you get of like of like the existential part of it. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, the stakes are very high, but we won't talk about that. We'll just show it for just a minute. You know, like I love it. I love this movie. Um, I watch it a dozen times uh, and. And it just never, it just never stops being interesting and amazing to me. It's, it's fabulous. Uh, I lo- really like the trying to figure out the ga- It feels like it's always gaslighting you, you know, uh-huh. like that. Yeah. I think, I think for me, the thing is it, it enters into the same realm as the shining where I can appreciate it. Um, and I can, I can even say I like the thing a lot more than the shining, but like, I can appreciate it for what it is and see like how good it all works. And it just doesn't, for me, it just didn't capture me. And I don't think about it very much outside of, you know, when we reviewed it or when I have to talk about it because other people like it. Um, But yeah, I mean, especially like you can look at the thing as the exception to the rule of like, um remakes are bad you know this is the example that you can say like well yeah i mean the thing is a remake right and it's fantastic you know so yeah and and what i mean you know it's, uh, we've talked about this before and recently in our christine review uh like john carpenter can make the best movie ever made possibly halloween uh-huh. he can make thing the thing he can also make just some fucking just campy piece of shit nothing. Like, uh, I mean, it's not to say that Christine's nothing, but compared to the thing, it's fucking absolutely nothing. Um, it's so interesting to see Carpenter sway back and forth between objective, like, n- not n- objectively a genius and uh, just kind of phoning it in, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the thing is, uh, it's my. Possi- I mean, you know, we're not covering the 70s, so Alien doesn't get in here, but uh, this is maybe my favorite horror movie ever made, you know, next right. to Alien. Um, yeah, I really yeah. like the science fiction spin, too. I, I love science f- fiction horror. If it's done right, and it's so hard to do it right, so rarely. Yeah. You know, a lot of yeah. times you get Event Horizon, and it's like, <laughs> I just want to die. Well, it'll make you feel better. Here's here's a 
a loop of Winona Ryder running down some stairs. Oh, oh yeah. Mm. Oh, glorious. Boy, if there were ever a reason to subscribe to our YouTube. <laughs> this is it. That's from Dracula. That's not an 80s movies, but, you know. You get the point. Why not? You get the point. Bryce is over here horny Googling. Uh-huh. While... <laughs> well, I was looking up Winona Ryder. And just, no, I know you, you were. Know. Yeah, I'm sure you I'm were. not going to not show that. Um what are, what some are of, your like? Uh, well, I just went. What are what are what are some of your runners up? Uh, you mentioned Alien. Um, I almost put Aliens on there. Oh yeah. Um, and another for like paradoxically, I look at that. I'm like, yeah, it's not really a horror movie though. Ah, um, I'm gonna allow know, it. It's as much as as Ghostbusters, but for some reason, it's like Aliens is so much an action movie. Yeah. That it's hard to like say it's you know my favorite horror movie Mm. um but yeah aliens is great um we mentioned a lot of my other ones so i i in my runners up was beetlejuice sleepaway camp chopping mall um the ones that i didn't mention were henry portrait of a serial killer oh yeah Um, that really stuck with me and is a great probably one of the best serial killer movies out there yeah still and super disturbing goes hard um and then the the other one that i deserve that i feel deserves an honorable mention is little shop of horrors mm. which is probably still the best horror musical yeah i think that's oh well i mean it's mm, i mean it's definitely top two top three you know in terms what of would horror. be your other ones I mean, you know, I I, I I don't particularly enjoy horror musicals, so I'm the wrong person to ask about that. Um, like, I don't I don't love well, it. I guess but, technically Phantom of the Opera would be considered a horror musical. It's a horror story. I mean, if you're just talking about object or if you're just talking about like popularity wise, probably Rocky Horror. Right. Um, and again, is that horror? No. You know, there's not uh-huh. real. You know, I mean, there's like uh, fucking what's that? Uh, the barber of Fleet Street or whatever the fuck. Oh yeah, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. That's a very popular one. I hate it. I hate that fucking movie. Yeah. Um, it, it like embodies the shittiest parts of Tim Burton's. I think that's Tim Burton, right? Yeah. It's just like here's Johnny Depp again. Never seen this fucking movie before. This time he sings. It's like okay. Don't care. Um, but uh, but yeah, Little Shop of Horror is huge. Uh, you mentioned Chopping Mall. I've seen bits and pieces of this movie. Defend yourself. It's, I mean, it's like in terms of video store rental horror movies that are like B movie, but just delightful. It's hard to beat Chopping Mall. Like it's it's a fun ride. It's objectively terrible. Like it's not good, uh, but it's what every you know full moon production or you know one of these straight to video movies wants to be. I don't think it was straight to video, but it feels like it was, and uh, it's just fun, and and it feels very eighties, like the the robot <laughs> that seems like the most um 
It's like the best they could do with robots in the 80s. Yeah. And it's the most like non-threatening design in the world. Yeah. And they're trying to convince you that it's deadly. And you're like, yeah, but you could just, you know, tip it over and it'd be fine. Yeah. Like literally, literally just tip it over. Just, just give it a push. Right. Pour water on it. They want, <laughs> you know? Pour water. Um, yeah, no, uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it and it is exactly as you describe it. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not coming at it or anything like that. I just, I just want to hear the good parts. Um, yeah, my, my runners up are the evil dead, um, uh, from 81, um, gremlins from 84, uh, crushes. Like I had a hard time keeping gremlins off of this list. Um, big time. And then, um, you mentioned already, uh, sleepaway camp. Um, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And Silent Night, Deadly Night. So I, I, all the things you said about Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, I have feelings about, but... Hey, Baba Bob, and uh, and the fucking the fucking goofy parts of Sleepaway Camp uh, are so endearing. Like it's yeah. just it's just, and the uh, the the horrible transphobic ending, uh, uh-huh. the big swing and dick, the big ah, face. Like I'm just I'm there for it. I'm there for it. I love it. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Oh, Child's Play. Uh, I really fucking enjoy Child's Play. It's a scary slasher. It is a scary slasher, and I like it because of that. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Yeah, that's that's the kind of the the long and short. Oh, there's one I I didn't actually. So I actually had a six and seven. Add one more to this. Basket case. Basket case. Right. Um, I I didn't mention my six and seven, which would be honorable mentions too. Actually, we talked about the thing, which was number seven for me. But number six, um, another in the entry of just dumb fun and just super enjoyable was Reanimator, and we'll have to review that. Some that's one of those that like I keep coming back to is like, well, we got to do Reanimator because it's it's very much like campy. Uh, fun mad scientist um got a great lot of great lines and moments in it um and and also they made the goo glow it's green glowing i like that part every no one can get away from reanimator without talking about the green the it glows look oh look look at it oh look oh whoa look at those (laughs) oh man I'm distracted. Um, no. I gotta check, I gotta take this off my browser. No, hey, you know what we're forgetting to mention? What? A little Italian piece, Rats Night of Terror. Do <laughs> you remember seventies? Yeah, we. Oh no, no, it's eighty four, dude. I know how it looks. Um, but uh, no, Rats Night of Terror, brought to our attention by the one and only Magnus. 
84, uh, Jesus. Swedish super fan. Yeah. Um, Rats is a bona fide, very good movie that's not bad uh-huh. and, uh, and very good, mostly. So, yeah, check that one out if you dare. Um, a couple of, man, it's been years since we fucking saw that thing. We should watch yeah. it again. Right? Well, yeah. On that note, we should probably uh, get to our interview. Yeah. Yeah, exciting stuff. Here we go. We got our interview with uh, with Dylan from the Hollywood Horror Museum. Take it away, David. And here we are with Dylan Hillerman from the Hollywood Horror Museum. Say hello, Dylan. Thanks for coming. Hello, everyone. How are you guys this, this uh, fine morning? Doing well. Doing well, man. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming out here. From I are you are are you located in Portland? Is that right? That's correct. I I do live in Portland, Oregon, not Los Angeles. <laughs> but uh, my my mother and was born in it, Hollywood. Yeah, tell tell us about the Hollywood Horror Museum. Is it in Los Angeles? Uh, it it, it will be. Right now, it's been uh, showing up in uh various forms at conventions horror conventions and the like that's also a a sister museum associated with it uh called the science fiction museum and they also go to cons um uh i believe they they went to they had one at the end of the year i i didn't uh go because i uh uh hadn't seen my family for about two years but um i believe they are scheduled to show up to WonderCon in Anaheim at the end of March and at the San Diego Comic-Con in July. And then they hope to open at the end of the year in a new space. In, uh, in tw- they hope to open at the end of 2023? Yes, that's, that's what I've been told. I've seen cool. some of the... And, uh, and what kind of... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I've seen some of the figures that they have for the they've they've, they've created for the museum. Uh, I, I saw uh, three of them, I believe, at, uh, at on Catalina Island. Uh, it was uh, some of the characters from Jaws, and uh, it was kind of a surprise. I was there on a, uh, at a for a family reunion, and they were uh, uh, they had a museum uh, exhibit. Of, of movies that had been filmed on the island or around it, and uh, Jaws was one of them. And then uh, later on, I found out that the the people behind the Hollywood Horror Museum had made these figures as well. So I was like, okay, cool. This is uh, something I'm looking forward to seeing them all in one area, one room. The fucking Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did... So did the Hollywood Horror Museum, was it open before and then it had to shut down due to COVID? Uh, from what I understand, and, I, and just to be clear, I'm a volunteer on social media, so I've not met anybody in person, but I've been, keep, I've been keeping in touch with the Hollywood Horror Museum because I was an early donor um, We uh, when we found out that it, it was... Uh, coming uh into existence around i guess it was like 2015 ish or whenever it was and um we sent them a little bit of money and we got a a coffee cup 
and I still have it in my bathroom. And, uh, and, uh, so I just, I kept in touch with the, the people behind the scenes, uh, the people who are volunteers for social media and just kept saying, you know, I'd really like to help out in whatever level I can so that eventually when it does, when we can get through this whole COVID era thing, uh, I can show up to, you know, the, the, the actual museum in it's, uh, full conception. And uh, so that's what I've been, I've been just sort of been like a cheerleader in the background is where I'm, I'm coming from. But uh, yeah. Hey, I, I should mention, um, you, you guys can, uh, can find the Hollywood Horror Museum online at hollywoodhorror.org. And from there, they have links to all their, uh, all their socials. Um, so check them out. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff. Um, I got to ask you, Dylan, um, what's, uh, so, uh, of all the, all the stuff that the Hollywood Horror Museum has procured, what, what are some of the most precious kind of movie props, uh, you've seen? You know, I, I, uh, I haven't seen anything with my, with my own eyes, uh, because I haven't, uh, like, as I say, I haven't, uh, met, um, anybody from the museum in person. Um, but I'm looking at, uh, right now I'm looking at the prospectus and it lists a few of the things that they have. Of course they have, uh, you know, the figures, uh, the classic horror monsters, uh, you got, you have creatures. Uh, I, one thing that strikes me here is they have, uh, they're going to, they have, uh, cars from various, uh, um, movies and television shows. They have the. Uh, they're going to have Dracula from the Monsters, and it looks like they might have the Plymouth Fury from Christine. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at these photos yeah. now and going, "Wow, okay, uh, that's pretty cool." Um, that's so, pretty you fitting. Know, uh, we just uh, we just reviewed Christine earlier this month. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorites. I love that book too. It's so good, so uh, disturbing. Um, so yeah, I, I, apologize for not knowing all the details. Um, I know that, uh, uh, some of these props are listed on, um, Instagram and, and Twitter, uh, prior to my working for the museum. So I'm sort of collecting information little by little as I go. Um, I can tell you, uh, a bit about the, uh, Let's go with maybe just reading the mission and then talking about the proposed layout. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, So, as stated, the mission of the Hollywood Horror Museum is to educate, enlighten, and inspire people of all ages about the artistic, technical, psychological, historical, and creative aspects of horror in films, media, art, literature, and popular culture. The museum will present horror in a fun, historical, and informative environment through interactive exhibits and programs while teaching all aspects of filmmaking from makeup, costumes, and special effects to model making and computer graphics. And I know they are planning on having uh, also, you know, uh, uh, speakers uh, come in. Um, I'm personal friends with uh, Dacre Stoker, who's the uh, great, uh, grandnephew of, um, of Bram Stoker. And, um, he wants to speak there as well. That's one, one of the people who's definitely like, uh, interested. Um, 
as far as the layout goes, and I'm looking at Bram the map. Stoker. He he's a he's an Irishman. Am I right? Is Correct. Bram Stoker was an Irishman, right? Correct. He's from Dublin. Yeah, you can't we trust them. Just got back don't trust those people. <laughs> don't don't trust them. How was it? How was it in Dublin? Uh, you know, it's um, Dublin was cool. Um, I actually do did enjoy uh, staying there. The one thing that I couldn't uh, ignore was the fact that uh, the average population is probably about thirty two years old, or maybe even younger. <laughs> So there's a lot of partying, and I was like, I got a bad back, so I, I can't keep going. I, I, I was originally from, I went to, <laughs> I went to Chico State, and uh, I, I couldn't keep up. I was just oh, shit to the Dude. hotel room. <laughs> Fucking, the, this guy from Chico State couldn't keep up with I, the Irish. That's a yeah, fucking and, legendary and I, party college, too. And I'm I, Irish blood right here, so... <laughs> I just mm. I just felt fifty. Same here. That's over. why I say you can't fucking trust them. Shifty motherfuckers. Shifty. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. And my, you know, and we, we know. <laughs> well, the, the the other trick was that you know me and my wife were filmmakers, so we had some heavy equipment with us. A little bit too much uh, camera equipment. A um, little bit un, unevenly distributed, but uh, I had to take the I had to take the fall. I'm not, my wife is uh, she keeps me alive, so <laughs> I got to carry the heavy stuff. Well, you could have left the. Could have left the camera equipment at home if you're going to go party with a 32-year-old Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did make the case, but uh, hey, um, we had to so... have the black magic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just good you didn't get the black plague. That place is uh, a place. <laughs> um, so yeah. uh, I got to ask you, how if people want to get involved with the Hollywood Horror Museum, how can they help? Can they help? Can they uh volunteer or is it uh is it uh all full well i i would say this year is the year to to uh start asking um the the best way to get a hold of the hollywood horror museum would be the website uh info at hollywoodhorror.org um uh, i i want to say i would say to the person to ask for would be lisa um i think that is correct if if uh if i misspoke i am sorry lisa but, uh, uh, you know, because there are events coming up and, and uh, I, I think that the, the Science Fiction Museum is even planning on opening um, in the spring uh, earlier in the year than the Horror oh, Museum. Shit. It'll be first, it'll be the Science Fiction Museum and then the Horror Museum will open. Uh, that location is undisclosed. I, I, I heard a rumor and I saw a photograph on Twitter last year that it's going to be in a mall in Los Angeles somewhere. And I, and I think that that was the plan before COVID. And then that thing got thrown, you know, kicked down the road, but I think that's might still be the plan. And I'm, I'm don't quote me on that, but I Hell believe yeah. that's where, well, um, well, great. Um, and, uh, like I said, if you guys want to check out the HollywoodHorror.org website, they got links to all their socials over there. Um, Dylan, what are the uh, what are the dates coming up for uh, for for when they're going to be at, at cons and where are they going to be? Oh yes, uh, once more in the meantime, the Hollywood Horror Museum will be at conventions WonderCon in Anaheim at the end of March, and and I let me double check that I think I have the I thought I had the uh, sorry the uh, website open I might not no it looks like I lost it. 
And the other one is San Diego Comic-Con in July. And those are the two uh, appearances of the uh, the uh, Hollywood Horror Museum. Oh, perfect. Prior to their uh, schedule perfect. opening at the end of the year. <laughs> there it is. You guys, check them out. Thank you so much for showing up today, Dylan. We really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, check them out on social media. We'll see you. We'll see you later, Dylan. Hopefully we can have you back. Thank you, David and Bryce. Thanks for having me. I also like to say that I uh, I, uh, I run a horror film festival in Portland, Oregon, and uh, the Horror Museum gave me permission to plug it a little bit. Uh, this is our 15th year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Our uh, our horror filmmakers, uh, we, have, we get about 20 or so a year, more, and um, they make it in three days, the same weekend together. And uh, we showed them a week later on the on a Sunday right before Halloween. It's called Guignol Fest. It's named after an old French horror theater that uh, a lot of horror films kind of uh, took their inspiration from in the early 1900s. But uh, that's GuignolFest.com. It's, it's it's a French word. <laughs> Could you spell that? It, yes. Uh, G-U-I-G-N-O-L. F-E-S-T dot com. Uh, Grand Guignol is a, as I said, it's a French theater. It was started as a crime theater and it turned into all the stuff we love. All the scary stuff. So that is going to happen. Is there a date for 2023 or location? I believe so. Uh, For when that fest is going on? let Let me double check my calendar here. Boom. March, 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 dun, 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 dun. October. Um, it looks like I'm going to say it looks like we're we're probably having our show on the 22nd of October. That would be the or no, you know, ooh, ooh, I might be wrong. That could be the 29th, but it's a Sunday. It's always a Sunday. It's either the 22nd okay. or the 29th. Yeah. Um, Thanks so much nice for stopping off. by, Dylan. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, take care. And that was our fabulous interview uh, with the Hollywood Horror Museum. Check them out at the places that I already talked about. You guys, thank you so much for sticking around. Me how through this episode. We really appreciate you and everything you do. Uh, you know what, if you'd like, if you like this podcast and you want to support it, we really appreciate that. This is a free show. Um, it's not free to us. It's free to you. And, uh, we can, uh, we can, uh, any support, uh, you know, we, we got a lot of mouths to feed over here. (laughs) So any support you can give us helps us out. Uh, you can do that by heading to our website, horrormovietalk.com, shopping around in the shop using our Amazon link at the top of the page to uh, do your shopping on Amazon. A little bit of that goes to us. And of course, supporting us on Patreon, you get access to tons of digital content over there that we upload new every single week. It is awesome. So check us out. If you want to get a hold of us, tell us your opinion on, uh, you know, when you go to the Hollywood horror museum and experience all of the things that they probably have, uh, call us at 682-253-4468. We love ya. Bye-bye. Boss of Peshek bounced. My children need a wine. <laughs> How do we play this out? Here we go.
Is it this? That's not it. Make every day a celebration of your love. Surprise. Yeah, do it. Uh, what's the, uh, oh, here it is. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. You lose. You get nothing. Is that a ring? <laughs> it is. 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 Wow, that didn't sound good.